Welcome to Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective podcast, where we meet experts from all walks of life to learn their intrinsic motivation so that they can share it with the world. What do we have in store today? Stay tuned to find out more. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody out there in podcast land. You are in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. And I am David. And today is a blast from the past. We actually spoke with this guest about a year ago. And today, uh, just based off before we had gotten on, we were talking about uh, we were trying to get together for Halloween because we wanted to talk about uh, uh, paranormal things that usually happen after the veil gets lifted around Hallow's Eve. And we're happy to have her on today because I still think it's apropos. We hear more and more about uh, family members that have transitioned or people that we may have had relationships with. And during the holidays, especially, you know, Thanksgiving just passed. Christmas is right around the corner. You know, the ghost of Christmas passed and all that good stuff. So I think we're going to have a really good show today. And with that, we are bringing on the ghost whisperer, Dr. Susan Shumsky. Welcome to the podcast, Susan. Oh, I'm so glad to be here with you today. Yeah, Absolutely. So I was thinking, Susan, that for, uh, you know, as you, <laughs> we were talking before that, you know, people pass all the time, but it seems like right after Halloween, you know, you get into the holiday season and it seems like there's more, I guess, more contact, if you will, with uh, those on the other side of the veil and wanted to talk a little bit about that with you because uh, without knowing I think some people are scared about the subject matter and there's nothing really to be scared about would you agree I agree there's absolutely nothing to fear when it comes to paranormal experiences when it comes to the other side when it comes to communication with beings on the other side anything having to do with ghosts and spirits and especially this holiday season this most spiritual time of the year, there's nothing to fear. <laughs> Did you say that in the after the fall and winter, you know, that's when we're going through the seasonal changes of slowing down. And during that time, it's usually the time of reflection. You're looking at the end, the end of the year, uh, how was the previous year, and because you are not necessarily slowing down, but the fact that you are taking a moment out to be reflective, your, your, your communication antenna is slightly higher where you can pick up information. I think so. People become more self-reflective during the holidays. People consider their lives. They take their lives a little more seriously, maybe think about making some changes in their lives. And also, for some people, it can be a very lonely time, if, especially if they're not with their loved ones. So it's a time when we uh, go within, shall we say. We, go, we may even go very deep within into meditation or something like that. And the other thing, based on my understanding, is no one will contact you if you don't want to be contacted. So they're more so looking for uh, any type of sign that you're open to communication, unless it was something where it was emergency, where you're fearing for your life or something, there may be some type of interference. Uh, what's your take on uh, actual communication that if people aren't familiar with the subject matter? 
Well, yeah, I mean, if you're communicating with, for example, loved ones on the other side, um, yeah, they, they may try to make contact with you. Um, if you're dealing with malevolent entities, they may even be more forceful or bully, bullyish. But, in fact, uh, divine beings will never communicate with anyone unless they are requested to. Uh, your loved ones, they may try to get your attention, maybe giving you some kind of a sign, uh, perhaps a smell or uh, a sound or something like that that you'll notice and recognize. So that can happen. Um, Susan, can just for our listeners, give us the definition of uh, a ghost. What exactly is a ghost? Yeah, a ghost is really the soul of the person that that continues after death. So a ghost is uh, is your uh, subtle body, shall we say. You have this gross physical body, but then you also have several other layers of uh, subtle bodies that in, that you inhabit in this incarnation. Then when your physical body drops off, the subtle body continues. For example, your mind, which is your mental body, that continues. Your ego intellect body, that continues. So you continue to inhabit uh, these subtle bodies even though your gross physical body is no longer operating. So really, subjectively, not a whole lot happens when you die. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you still have the same mind. You still can experience the same world through your senses and you're still basically alive you you uh people don't think you are because their body's gone but your body's only one part of you the rest of you you may call it the ghost or you may call it spirit or whatever you want to call it but it is what's left over after the body passes over I always kind of, well, not just what I just thought, just upon reading and whatnot, where the ghosts are always those spirits that have, you know, transitioned on, or people have died, but they, it's like they don't realize that they're dead yet, so they're just kind of still hanging out. <laughs> as I would call, to, yeah, I, that you're right. I would call those earthbound spirits, earthbound, earthbound. spirits. Those are spirits who... For one reason or another, they did not go into the light after death. I'm sure you've heard about the near-death experience, and just about everybody who's had the near-death experience, they describe a beautiful, brilliant light, and then they go into that light, and they have some kind of conversation with a divine being, and uh, various things happen. It's possible they might have a life review, and other things take place. But there are some beings, some spirits, Uh, some souls, shall we say, who do not go into the light for various reasons. And so they get stuck or stranded in what we might call limbo or the astral world. So those, I I define those as earthbound spirits. Okay. Now, along the lines of earthbound spirits, Susan, uh, there's a growing community online where uh, there's a school of thought of, not following the light when you transition. Uh, there's a, the, with that line of thinking that if you follow that light, you're 
not so much doomed, but you are certain to reincarnate. And if you don't go to the light and go to the left, so to speak, then you can break your your uh, karmic cycle, if you will. Are you familiar with any of that? I'm familiar with uh, the concept of not reincarnating or, or reincarnating. And the pathway for the average individual is to go into the light and then uh, have a, a life review, uh, meet some divine beings who help you to design your next incarnation, and then at some point you reincarnate. Now, no one is going to reincarnate unless they still have uh, issues and still they have... Uh, they still have what's called sanskaras. Sanskaras are the um, impressions uh, that lead to seeds of desire. Sanskara is actually literally means seeds of desire. And the seeds of desire is what makes you reincarnate. Uh, whether you go this way or that way, <laughs> you're still going to reincarnate. If you go left, right, up or down, you're still going to reincarnate in, unless you are spiritually enlightened before you die. Before you die. You have to become spiritually enlightened in order for this to be your last incarnation. You can't just make a decision, oh, now I'm dead, now I'm not going to reincarnate. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. I'm sorry to have to inform you folks. <laughs> let's let's stay there for a second. Let's have some fun with it, uh, Susan, okay. if you don't mind. So, right, because at, once once we leave the third dimension, there's no such thing as time. And so, uh, there's stories of uh, let's say people that were evil beings in a life, you know, and when they transition, they're like, oh my goodness, I, you know, I, the instance of a spiritual key. I, I left my key somewhere. I got to go back and get it. And so they're more apt to want to incarnate immediately versus someone that, you know, may have had a fulfilling life and they transitioned and they said, yeah, you know, I still have seeds of desire, but I'm not going to incarnate for some time period. Is there a, a scorecard that we can kind of look at or consider to say, hey, I want to reincarnate immediately or, you know what, I'll wait a couple of hundred or a thousand years? Okay, well, that's an interesting question. So. The thing is that uh, when you pass over, uh, you still have these seeds of desire, and that's what makes you reincarnate. As far as the length of time that it takes you to reincarnate, the, the beings who take the longest to reincarnate are those who don't go into the light. People who are stuck or stranded in the astral world, they can be stuck there for hundreds, even thousands of years. They can haunt a house or haunt a place, haunt a theater, haunt their haunt a person haunt their loved ones they can continue to hang around for a very 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 long time the ones who go into the light who that's most people average you know almost everybody goes into the light their reincarnation takes place according to natural uh, course of events and, and also the desire of their soul their soul's desire their heart's desire but like I said, those who get stuck, who didn't go into the light, those are the ones who get, can get stuck for a very long time. You, you bring up a really good point. I was thinking about, a, a, I know that you're listed as a resource on James Van Prog's site, 
and I believe it was one of his other books where uh, they had run into a sea captain or something, and he thought he was still trying to save the ship, and over 200 years had passed. So, you know, it totally speaks to what you're saying as far as being stuck in limbo. Right. I mean, yeah, I think of uh, The Sixth Sense, for example, the movie The Sixth Sense, where the guy didn't even know he was dead. He's Mm -hmm. wandering about on the earth as though he were alive, wondering why nobody's answering his when he talks to them, but still, you know, continuing to just hang around. And uh, this can happen, and especially if you've had a traumatic death like the sea captain or whatever, could be continuing to try to save the ship for hundreds of years, and then, then maybe somebody comes along and says, hey, time for you to go into the light, and then just uh, speak lovingly to that being, and 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 tell them that they're filled and surrounded with divine love and divine light and help them to move on and go, go into the light. So that's what I was going to ask. What, what, eventually how do those stuck uh, spirits eventually you know, get to the point where they you know, finally go into light? So they get a, some kind of assistance, right? Not on their own that they realize they need to go into the light? If they pray, if they think of God then the light will appear and they can go into the light. If they don't, then they won't, unless somebody comes along to try and help them. And I I think a way for people to to really relate to this is that show called Ghost Whisperer, where Jennifer Love Hewitt played a character who actually helped souls to move on into the light. That was her main thing. She was a ghostbuster. She helped the spirits to move on into the light. Yeah. I mean, I know the show's called Ghost Whisperer, but she was basically Ghostbuster. She helped them to move into the light. Yeah. And I, I know uh, so a group that back in the 80s, they did a pilgrimage to the um, to Egypt and the pyramids and stuff, and they were telling me that when they got into some of these certain areas where they had, you know, they had the um, tombs and stuff, they could see some of the spirits still hanging out around the, the mummified bodies, and it's like they've just been there that whole time. And, you know, as, as spiritual healers and readers and whatnot, they would just simply say hello to them as a spirit and say, hey, you know, if you want, you could, you could just go ahead and move on. <laughs> and they said they just would like, wow, okay, and they would just take off. And they're like, it was that, that was all they needed was just someone to kind of acknowledge them and say, hey, you know, you can, you can move on if you want. You don't have to be hanging out here. <laughs> yes, that's very, very true. And yeah. strangely, uh, those tombs kind of kept them uh, stuck there because along with the king or whoever it was, they were buried with all these accoutrements. Yeah. And since all their possessions were there, that kind of possess, possess, they were possessed by their possessions. They continued yeah. to hang on and hang on and hang on because there they were in all their luxury and their gold and all these things, and so they didn't move on. Yeah. Isn't that more so a, not a, I mean, isn't that like a human condition? I mean, they wanted to make Egypt great, if you can say that. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, and Egypt was great. It was a great civilization. And it's, it's you know, everyone says that when they get older, like, oh, man, you don't, you guys don't remember the good old days, or, you know, that's why I was doing kind of a tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, America was great once upon a time, and we want to go back <laughs> to that 
period. <laughs> so it's, on some level, we all, you know, we could look at, oh, that was Egypt, but, I mean, it's apropos today. Yeah, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's part of, uh, it's just in human nature, you know, it's just the way human beings are. They look fondly at, at times when they, it maybe it wasn't as great as, as their vision of it uh, is, but um, certainly I have to say that the 20th century was not the greatest <laughs> century. There were 71 million people killed in World War II, <laughs> hmm. and 41 million people killed in World War I. So hmm. I'd say that, yeah, it's, it's a little better now <laughs> than it was in the 20th century bloodbath. So I wouldn't really think of those as the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you something along those lines, Susan. Um, the best example that I that I can think of right now is um, Oversoul Seven by Jane Roberts. And in the book, you know, the person it, there were multiple stories that were intertwined, but the overall premise was, you know, like you said, it was a bloodbath in the 20th century. And I wanted to, I was, it was my turn to incarnate again. And since there's no time on the other, in the other dimensions, that if we were linear, you're thinking I'm going to reincarnate maybe in the 21st or 22nd century. Well, some spirits will reincarnating, but they were incarnating in like the 16th or 15th or 14th centuries saying that, you know, since it's all, since we're all connected, that, there's no such thing as linear time and everything's happening at the same time. Well, that's an interesting concept. I don't, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe scientists could answer that better than me, but I, I don't really see people reincarnating going back in time, uh, but it's an interesting idea. I think it's a, it's a fascinating uh, thing to think about. Absolutely, absolutely. And are you familiar with, on the other side of that question is, uh, what's his name? Uh, he, he channels Bashar and uh, David Anka, and he is channeling his future self 300 years in the future. So he may be incarnated 300 years in the future, and he's tapping into that energy to bring back information today. Anything is possible. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you watch if you refer, you reference the uh, ghost whisperer are you watching any current tv shows that have similar themes i'm loving this the show uh i'm loving two shows right now god friended okay. me <laughs> i think that one is really cute god friended okay. me this is about a guy who gets texts from god text uh, messages yeah. from god to go and help people and save people <laughs> <laughs> and then another one that I like right now is called Manifest, which is about yes. people who listen to inner voices and get messages, and those messages help people. So the reason I like these is because they're very similar to my life. <laughs> this is my <laughs> life. My life is hearing messages from God and then acting upon the messages that I get. So I can definitely relate to those characters in those shows. <laughs> Yeah, I just started watching that show, Manifest, and yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, oh, fun. David, you're not caught up. I wanted to actually get into it, and if you haven't seen it, I'm going to do a lot of spoiler alerts. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into that, I do have to do like a tongue-in-cheek thing, because when we talk about God friended me, we're like, it's God friended you on Facebook, and as my little, who's 16, says, 
only old people are on Facebook. So what are the kids on now? They're they're not. I mean, what are they on? Yeah, Instagram? it always changes. At first, I would say Instagram, but then they're like, "No, Mr. Davis, you guys." They don't want. They won't tell us because once the older people get on, then it's not cool anymore. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Okay. So, but I, I do. I won't give too many spoiler alerts, and David hasn't seen it all. But um, I'm assuming that you've seen the winter finale the other night for Manifest. Uh, last night I list, I watched it. Um, yeah, I watched it on the computer, but I watched last night. Was, was that the finale? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was good. Okay, perfect. So I'm not going to go into details, but as it relates to this this conversation with ghosts, that five years has passed, yeah. and people have moved on, and you may not have. And so you're kind of stuck in that limbo and you want things to go back to the way they were, but people have moved on. It, it's, it's really a challenge. So I'm glad that, you know, even as a subject matter that they bring it up in the show. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. That it's, it's a fascinating show. It kind of reminds me of lost mm-hmm. the show lost. I don't know if you watched that. I'm familiar with it. I know it was another cult classic. Yeah. Yeah. I sure hope this one's better than Lost. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, liked Lost, but I didn't like the end because it was like, oh, yeah, well, that's what I thought 25 seasons ago. Why did you have to t- have so many seasons for me to come to the same conclusion? <laughs> oh, you know what? So I'm going to – I have to tell you this one then. So are you're not watching American Horror Story? No, I don't watch – I don't usually see stuff like that, no. Okay, uh, I wanted to bring it up because right now there's there's been in the media um, somewhat of a public outcry because they're saying this is the first time since the late 60s, early 70s that you have so many shows that are uh, talking about paranormal, but it's more um, malevolent spirit. So, you know, demon worship or what have you. And, and there's a lot of interpretations about demons and spirits anyway, but... You know, you're having a, a lot of shows that are centered around that. And just since you haven't seen it or don't plan to see it, it was like at the ending people were kind of upset. Like, we did all this for no- – <laughs> you showed us this the first episode. <laughs> yeah, that can be a little disappointing. If the writers haven't really thought out the whole thing, you know, if they're just sort of writing as they go along, it doesn't always necessarily end well <laughs> in the 25th <Yes>. season. <laughs> Yes. It's funny. But from that aspect, I, I do want to um, play devil, devil's advocate. So <laughs> I want to play devil's advocate because at the end, since you don't plan to watch it, the it was, you know, the traditional battle, good against evil, God versus Satan and what have you. And then they, they kill Satan at the end. And then the witches that that kind of saved the, the, the planet wanted to go back to, like, when things were great, they wanted to make America great again, like 2015, <laughs> you know? And then, uh-huh. so she was stuck there. She was in limbo because none of her friends died and all that, so she was in a blissful place. And then, in, if you were going linearly in 2020, 2030 or something like that, it wasn't the same 
devil, but it was the same energy. So they were kind of talking about polarities, you know, good versus bad. And mm-hmm. people that were unfamiliar, they were just upset on Twitter and all like, man, just ruined like eight weeks. I didn't need to watch the show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> eight weeks I'll never get back of my life, right? Exactly. So well. um, I'm bringing it up because I, I wanted to talk about um, this podcast that I really like. It's called Family Ghost. Are you familiar with that podcast? No. It, it's a really cool podcast on iTunes, and what they do is they talk about uh, your family lineage. And I bring it up because it's holiday season, and I, a, a good friend of mine, she's older, and her friends, her family were in for Thanksgiving, and she wound up giving away a lot of the pictures that were really important to her uh, because she felt that you know, no one in her immediate environment didn't, you know, they don't have it. They don't associate any importance to those photos. And so in Family Ghost, it's kind of the same deal where you have these family stories that are hidden or buried and they're subject matter that people really don't want to talk about. But then you have these rascally kids, the grandkids or, you know, nieces and nephews that come pulling all that stuff up. And so, you know, the older folks don't really want to talk about it. And I, I, I bring it up because it seems like some level where your ancestors are getting maybe a peace of mind or they're connecting with the younger generations through that. It's kind of like you're keeping yourself alive through the family by bringing them up and talking about them. And I wanted to get your take on um, lineage from an ancestor point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, you know, Human beings are very, <laughs> they, they hold on. They're very uh, clingy. They hold on to the past. And they don't want to let go. And also, uh, I mean, this is the reason why people ha- have kids and have grandkids. They want to create immortality for themselves. When they don't realize that there is a way that they are, in fact, already immortal, first of all. Everyone is immortal. No one dies, ever. And secondly, they, uh, there's that fear of death. And the fear of death is often the impetus for people to breed and to have kids, grandkids, and continue their, their lineage because they don't want to die. They don't want to be erased. And, uh, you know, the ultimate fear in humanity is the fear of death. So people are trying to perpetuate themselves one way or another and the usual way is to have kids have grandkids and all that but the reality is we are immortal and in fact when you were talking about um, people on that controversial site where people are saying go to the left don't go to the light and all that kind of stuff I mean yes there is there is a way for human human beings to realize their true self, to realize who they really are, and thereby never incarnate again. But most people, (laughs) very rare that people want that. There's a very rare number of people who want to actually, for this to be their last life. So they don't even think about it. They don't even aspire to that. It's very rare for a human being to aspire to that, but it is possible for human beings to reach that 
goal, that goal of spiritual awakening, spiritual enlightenment, whereby they can choose to reincarnate or not and most and basically don't reincarnate if they don't want to. So it is possible, but you have to be enlightened in order. You have to know who you really are. You have to be on that different state of consciousness, that different level of consciousness, in order to have that choice in the first place. And in that different level of consciousness, they kind of, in, as my understanding, they incarnate anyway in that, not that they incarnate, but they're helping people through the um, through a realm of being like a spirit guide or what have you. And when you have communication with them, they may say, oh, I, I either I didn't incarnate at all in the third dimension or I did, but it was thousands of years ago and, you know, I don't have any desire to, to incarnate again in the flesh. Yeah, I mean, there are various choices a soul can make. Once they reach spiritual enlightenment, it's possible for them to become an ascended master. It's possible for them to assist humanity. Uh, it's possible for them to, um, to to just live in the celestial world and never have any association with uh, the third dimension at all. Uh, and it's entirely possible for them to just be of service in, in various ways. But it's also possible to just dissolve, dissolve into the absolute, into sat-chit-ananda, into absolute bliss consciousness. And in that case, there's nothing left of you. You, you have just, you've merged with unity. You've merged with that oneness, that wholeness, that bliss consciousness. Absolutely. And you had talked about the fear of death. And for those that have for some that have gone through a near-death experience, um, they actually face that fear. And in many respects, they come back with that sixth sense and they have uh, greater communication than a layman would. Uh, what's your experience? How did you become a medium and did you have to go and face your fear of death in order to access that consciousness? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually did have a near-death experience, but I don't remember any of it. And I don't know if it has any relationship to my uh, wanting to study and become uh, spiritually awakened. But everything that I have done in my life, all, all the uh, clairvoyant, clear extension, clairaudient abilities that I have, I learned. I actually studied and learned and developed. So I developed step by step. I'm not one of these people who was psychic at birth or who became, you know, suddenly well, got struck by lightning, now I'm psychic. I, I never had anything. I actually learned step by step. And because I learned step by step, I can teach step by step. I can teach others how to <clears throat> develop their uh, supersensory abilities, and also I can help people to uh, listen to that inner voice and also to uh, experience higher states of consciousness. Um, because I learned it, I can teach it. And and I teach most of it through my books. I mean, you can learn just about everything that I have to teach. You can learn by reading my books. I have 14 books in print. So if you want to learn how to develop your uh, psychic abilities, if you want to learn how to become spiritually awakened and enlightened, it's all there. It's all laid out in my books. Susan, can you talk a little bit about, I mean, I want to know personally for you, what is your, uh, when you, astral travel do you re, do you usually recall your experiences when you're on the astral and how can someone um what can someone do to to um 
you know, recall those experiences, because most people are like, ah, I don't remember my dreams at all, or, you know, just little bits and pieces, if that. Well, if you want to be good at remembering your dreams, uh, then you should have a pad of paper next to your bed, and before you really get very wide awake, immediately grab that pad of paper and just jot down whatever you remember from your dreams. And the other thing you can do about your dreams, if you want to remember, is uh, right before you go to bed, just pray uh, to remember your dreams or pray for a specific kind of dream. You can say, uh, Spirit, please give me a, a dream that will help me solve this particular problem or give me a dream that will give me insight about this particular subject. If you ask and you pray, then you can, uh, you can actually channel your awareness in such a way that you might may have dreams that will solve that problem, that you'll get what you asked for. Regarding astral traveling, I don't do that. I don't recommend it. It's not a safe practice, and, and you don't need it. You don't need to astral travel in order to experience subtle realms, spiritual realms. All you need to do is just open your third eye and learn how to, uh, how to tap into other realms. Existence it is not safe to do astral traveling. I don't do mm. it. Mm. Why? Why is it not safe? Because you're leaving your body. Mm. If you're actually astral traveling, you're no longer in your body. You're actually uh, traveling around in places that you should probably not even be in. Especially if you're traveling around the astral plane, that is not safe. And leaving your body behind is not a good idea unless somebody's actually guarding you. Mm. Making sure what? that making right. sure that uh, you're not going to get into trouble. Well, what's the when you go to bed at night and you leave your body is isn't is that a, a form of astral traveling or is there a difference? It can be, but um, mostly it's just dreaming. Uh, but sometimes you may leave your body and wandering around in dream state, but that is completely safe. It's safe to do that, and uh, it's a perfectly natural thing to do. Hmm. Okay. So you're also saying, Susan, that it's not safe to go to the big city, like you might pick up hitchhikers? Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The trouble is if, you're, if you are uh, flying around out, out of your body, it's much easier for hitchhikers to climb into your body because you're not guarding it. You're, you're elsewhere, so something else can move into your body, and you don't want that to happen. Is this mm-hmm. more so the case? could take over your body while you're, while you're wandering about in the astral Right. World. Is that where you're saying earlier we were talking about uh, earthbound spirits, and you know, right. they're, they're stuck here, and they may not know that they – are dead, but there are some that know they are, and they're actually yes. hitchhikers just waiting for you to go out in the astral. Exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are malevolent beings who want to take over the bodies of human beings. So the best way, let's just say, because you, I, I see this, and I'm sure you do too in your day-to-day um, comings and goings, that there are a lot of people that are getting into this this. Uh, sphere of consciousness and there's so much information that they can access now you know just electronically so on social media or what have you and so they're picking up pieces here and pieces there 
aren't aren't they in some ways making themselves vulnerable because they don't have a foundation where they are unwittingly picking up hitchhikers? Uh, You hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, if (laughs) if you open up your energy field, if you open up your aura indiscriminately and let anyone or anything jump in, you are asking for a lot of trouble. And uh, people do that. They can get... um, they can get possessed. They can get oppressed. Uh, I, I went through all of that, by the way, when I was young and naive and didn't know how to close off my aura. And, uh, yeah, I, I got possessed. And uh, it's not fun. <laughs> it's definitely not fun to be possessed. <laughs> you definitely opened up Pandora's box there, Susan. <laughs> yep. I, and I want to ask you, I, I do, I mean, I inquiring minds want to know, uh, because when it happens, it, it's, is it like where people are thinking it's this big, scary event and now I'm taking over? Or in many cases, I would believe that that malevolent spirit's coming in as it's not representing itself that way. It's representing itself as, oh, uh, you're channeling a higher being and they're telling you what you want to hear where you're opening yourself up even more. Yeah, those are what I call the faker spirits, and those are really very manipulative, and uh, and they they're really deadly because they pretend to be something that they're not. Um, I got possessed. When I got possessed, they weren't. It wasn't beings that were really trying to be malevolent or anything. I just got. Uh, they were just <laughs> in pain, and they wanted to use the body, or they didn't know know what they were doing, and they were confused and all kinds of things, but. Um, yeah, the the really scary ones are the ones that you're describing. Yeah, it's, it's because it's so easy for people to be deceived. These mediums and psychics, they think, oh, this is some kind of high being, when it's not. Yeah, they get duped. So, what's a good way, Susan, to make that distinction between a faker spirit and your actual spirit guide that's you... trying to talk to you? Yeah, use my ten test system. I have a ten test system that you can test as to whether the messages you're getting are from the spiritual world or from the astral world or from your wishful thinking or from your mind or where the heck those messages are coming from. So use my 10-test system, which is in my books, such as Awaken Your Divine Intuition and Divine Revelation. Um, And also I do have the 10 tests in the book Awaken Your Third Eye as well. So those are the main books that I have that uh, teach the tests. Now, are your books in linear order as well, or would you? Is it okay to pick one, or do you have to read? Is it a prerequisite to read the first one before you get to the final one? No, no there's no prerequisites. Each book stands alone by itself, and um, they're all really great. <laughs> <laughs> they're great books. So, Susan, for those that don't know, you spent like 20 years in India, right? I spent 22 years in an ashram. It wasn't in India. I was in okay. India for part of the time. I, you know, I've spent quite a number of times I've been to India, and the first time I went there, I stayed for six months. But most of the, let's see, I was for six years on Maharishi Mahesh Yogi's personal staff. That was in Europe. Okay. And uh, also I spent another decade in Fairfield, Iowa, which is another ashram that my guru had, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. So I was uh, in various ashrams, but uh, they weren't necessarily India. 
Okay. So in those 20 years of being involved in the ashrams, what, what impressed upon you the most, would you say? The, first of all, number one, the, the spiritual experiences of deep meditation that were very profound and that, uh, that brought me into higher states of consciousness. And secondly, the man who inspired me, which was Maharishi, whom I lived with, uh, who's, who's, I was on his staff for six years, and that was an amazing experience to be around this enlightened being who uh, was very enigmatic, but also a great inspiration. Is he still alive today? No, he died in 2008. 2008, okay. Do you know how old he was? He was 90 when he died. Wow, long life, all right. Yeah. Do you speak with him in the spirit? I have spoken to him a few times in the spirit because I wrote this book, Maharishi and Me Seeking Enlightenment with the Beatles Guru. And because of, I, because of the fact that I wrote that book, I did have a couple of questions I wanted to ask him about the book. And in fact, yeah. So I did communicate with him a bit. And also I did have a profound experience um, before I left Fairfield, Iowa, right before I left, of him visiting me and uh, communicating with me. So, yeah, I have communicated with him a little bit. That's great. Uh, the other thing I, I wanted to ask, I wanted to go back a second on possession, uh, because we've had, a, a over this past year, we've had a number of podcasts where we, we've had guests on talking about uh, varying levels of opioid addiction and addictions overall. And I remember when I started, when I had gotten to the intrinsic motivation space, that uh, I stopped going to bars and clubs because there were lower energies there. And you're, we were talking about possession and faker spirits. Are, are you seeing that there's an increase of, of activity in that realm because people aren't uh, they don't have their their regular scruples or foundations around them because they're because they are dealing with addiction. Well, yeah, I mean the trouble with drugs is that it opens you up to the lower astral realm, or it opens you up. It just basically opens you up, and if you don't have discernment and if you're not uh, spiritually connected, then it opens the doorway to entities possessing you, oppressing you. Uh, screwing with you messing you up and you know i mean it's bad enough to be addicted but now you have these entities that are that are um taking over your body and mind i mean it's it's really a a bad situation so i would i really am very anti-drug anybody that is thinking of taking any drug please don't please just stay clean this is not the way for you to get over your problems this is not an escape this is not going to help you this is not going to make you less sensitive it'll actually even make you more sensitive so just don't do it and and the other side of that is uh, there are retreats to like peru where people are doing ayahuasca to help them overcome addiction um but isn't that in some cases there there are people that are pro ayahuasca and con uh, because there's an over-reliance on something outside of yourself, and I wanted to get your position on that. Yeah, I do not recommend that anyone take ayahuasca or any other drug. Ayahuasca is just DMT. That's what it is. It's made of dimethyl, whatever you call it, dimethyltryptamine. It's just another psychedelic drug. Don't do it. 
don't take it. Nice. So, um, no, I mean, it's great. I, I figured you had an opinion on it. And, you know, that's coming up. It's, it's, you do have uh, different pockets, at least in the corporate world, where they're accessing some of these, like ayahuasca or LSD, for, uh, for accessing uh, greater intelligence that will help them on their job. And so, you know, some of these things are gateways where uh, I'm sounding like Nancy Reagan again. But, when you, you know, they're starting out and it seems light and innocent, and then that's kind of a road to addiction, it feels like. Just say no to drugs. I mean, listen, I'm sounding like the Reagans, too. Just say no. <laughs> no. Don't do it. And I'm wondering, um, I actually have to get going. I think um, I had thought this was going to be about a half-hour conversation, and I'm going to miss dinner if I don't go right now, actually, unfortunately. They're only serving dinner here till 8 o'clock, they say, and it's 7.45 right now. So Yikes. I think I'm going to have to get going. Well, on that note, that's oh, that's fine. We love talking to you and getting people ready for the holiday spirit. Um, in closing, before you head out, if you can leave a link to your site and where people can pick up your book and upcoming speaking engagements. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my site is drsusan.org, drsusan.org. And then I have another site, divinetravels.com. Uh, D-I-V-I-N-E-T-R-A-V-E-L-S dot com. So I've got travels and tours, conferences on the sea. I've got all my books. Um, so drsusan.org, divinetravels.com. And, um, yeah, check it out. And, and awesome. I suggest you get the books on Amazon. It's a lot less expensive, and it takes a lot less time to get. Fantastic. Well, you've just been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza. And I'm David. Happy holidays to you, Dr. Susan Shumsky. Let's stay Thank in touch. Thank you. Thank you, and happy holidays to you, and I'd love to come back. Have a wonderful yeah. evening. You too. Bye for now. Thanks again for checking out another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homies Perspective podcast. Please check us out on our website at intrinsicmotivation.life where you can click on the speak pipe button and leave any suggestions for a future podcast that you'd like us to cover. Also check us out on our social media sites. We have a YouTube channel, Facebook page, iTunes podcast, in addition to Stitcher and Google Play, all under Intrinsic Motivation from a Homies Perspective. Check you out next time. Have a great day.